0: Welcome back to the Essentially You Podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. So today we're talking about a pretty controversial subject, at least controversial in the women's health circle. And the topic I am exploring today is, is coffee bad for your adrenal health? Now, Before we get into this conversation, I actually want to take a moment and share a little personal thing with you. I was meeting with a couple friends yesterday who have been listening to the podcast, and I just want to take a moment really quickly and say, one, thank you so much for listening in on this podcast. I hope that you're enjoying it. But I had a couple friends listen in on the podcast, and one of the things that they had kind of pointed out to me is that maybe I sounded a little too buttoned up a little too professional, a little too polished, and I want to do my best moving forward to bring a little bit more realness to this podcast, a little bit more of my quote-unquote personality and really kind of show up in a really fun and authentic way. And so I just wanted to just take a moment to let you know that. So if you hear a tone or you're noticing some changes in the way that I'm doing interviews or Even in the way that I'm having a conversation in my solo episodes, I hope that you recognize that it's really coming from a place of authenticity. That I really want to connect more with you personally. And all the years that I've spoken on stage, and I have done Facebook Lives, and I've done interviews, I've always had this need to really feel really professional. And I think that there's a way to create a very professional podcast, create really wonderful content, and still keep to a very authentic real real self, and so that is definitely my goal with today's podcast as well. So without further ado, let's hop on into this topic. So we've all heard the hype about how bad coffee is for our bodies and how we need to cut back. I know that I've read lots of articles over the years. I have done my due diligence, especially when I was writing this podcast episode. I was really digging into the content and figuring out like, what's the deal with this? As a women's hormone expert, so often I just tell people, hey, listen, you probably just need to cut coffee out for a little bit. And oh my gosh, the look on somebody's face when I say that. It's as if I'm taking their firstborn child. And so I want to really kind of address what's going on here and specifically where the hype is coming from. Now, I've had several friends over the years who are also hormone experts who have definitely villainized coffee and received a lot of backlash from their readers, either on Facebook or in their blogs. And I know because I've actually read those comments after they've posted about asking people to give up coffee, right? Really villainizing our coffee habit or our coffee addiction. So the other side, because there's a lot of research out there, I feel like every single day a different article comes out talking about the benefits of coffee, right? That it's a natural drink that benefits our body, our cognitive function, our digestive system. So there's a lot of benefits that we see around coffee as a whole. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about where I personally stand in this whole debate. I love coffee. I'm actually drinking coffee right now as we're doing this. It's early in the morning. I'm drinking my cappuccino, and um, I'm talk a little bit about that experience. So each morning starts off. You guys know that I'm really big into morning rituals. And one of my morning rituals actually really isn't necessarily my morning ritual, but my amazing husband, Alex, we have an espresso machine and he gets up every morning and he makes us almond milk cappuccinos with our espresso machine. And we use this really awesome, we use Khalifa almond milk, we use Saigon cinnamon. I mean, let me tell you how much of a morning ritual this whole thing is and i really don't like to start my day without it it's it's such a perfect thing it's our little moment that we have together or sometimes i'm already working and writing a blog or maybe i'm writing up content for a podcast or whatever i'm doing i'm in the thick of things and my husband actually brings me my coffee cup with my perfect cappuccino and so it is very much not only a part of our morning ritual but it is something that i look forward to literally I relish in this experience because it is a thing that brings us together and it just makes me so happy. I am drinking my coffee right now out of this pretty little purple mug that we have and I just, I just relish in it. So I wanted to just share that with you and it's not so much a confession more than it is just letting you know kind of where I'm coming from. Now I do have a confession around coffee. Coffee used to be a pretty big problem for me you could safely say that it was an obsession. The morning pickup, the afternoon delight, the afternoon perk, the after-dinner perk. I mean, literally, I was drinking coffee throughout the day. And before I realized that I actually was dealing with chronic stress, I didn't realize that I was actually supplementing my energy with a steady drip of caffeine throughout my waking hours. It's really where it was, and therein lies the issue. It wasn't necessarily the coffee, it was the caffeine, That I was using that was considered a stimulant for me that kind of got me through my day because I literally back in the day, and I know that I talk about this in a lot of different podcast episodes, but I felt like a zombie. I literally felt like a zombie who was just moving through the motions of going through my day, dealing with obligations, doing a lot of stuff that I just really didn't even enjoy. And coffee was one of those, those rare moments in my day that felt like kind of a, a self-care ritual, but also kind of gave me that little extra uh, to get the job done, whatever that job may have been. Now, that is said, not everyone suffers from the daily onslaughter of chronic stress like I was dealing with. And caffeine, as we know, as we're seeing with research, tends to affect individuals differently. So it really becomes an individual issue in terms of having to decipher for ourselves and with the help of a trusted functional practitioner, whoever you may be connected in to really look at what's going on with your body. Now for me, eliminating coffee back then was super important because I was just consuming so much caffeine that I was really surviving on this caffeine and it was driving my chronic stress levels. I knew that it was a destructive habit for me at the time that was really perpetuating my my hormone chaos. And at that time, I really felt like I needed something. I needed to get through my day. What was going to be the thing that got me there? And one of the things I realized back then is I really did not do well on sugar. And so if sugar wasn't the, the cure-all for my incessant need for more energy, well, coffee was going to be that thing. And I would drink coffee black or maybe with a little bit of almond milk. I mean, I I kept my coffee really sugar-free. However, it wasn't the coffee. It was the caffeine content that I was consuming that was really driving that chronic stress. So a big thing for me is I had a break up with coffee for 30 days. I actually may have broken up with coffee for even longer. There have definitely been bouts in my life where I've broken up with coffee for multiple months, maybe even half a year. I think I even may have, it's all just a blur. You know, so often you forget what you've given up or how long you gave it up. But I remember coffee was one of those things that I gave up for quite some time. And especially when I got into my green smoothie habit, that was a big thing that I used to tout was like, hey, you can switch out your coffee for green smoothies. And let me tell you how excited people were about that. Uh, not, not excited in the least bit about substituting green smoothies for coffee. But that is what I did. I ended up substituting green smoothies for coffee and they were giving me a really awesome natural energy boost. I mean, when you are consuming that many amazing greens and fruits, water, fiber, all the good things that go into green smoothies, that's really instant fuel for the body. And I still drink green smoothies every single day and I still drink juices, I drink water, a lot of water throughout the day. I mean, a lot of these things have always been big on giving me energy. And really what I was trying to do was I was trying to figure out a way – where I didn't need coffee to function anymore. That was a big thing for me. You know, I inherently was dealing with chronic fatigue and I was using coffee as a crutch and that's really where I got in trouble. Today, I'm not dealing with chronic fatigue and coffee is very much something that I really enjoy. It's just very much a part of my wonderful morning routine along with the green smoothies and the green juices and the water and all the other things that I do. But I'm not using coffee as a crutch. At least, you know, that's kind of my, my feeling around this, and I'm going to kind of unfold this in just a moment. Now, why some argue that the term adrenal fatigue is not as diagnosable as of a condition, and that's super true. So, you know, your adrenals don't really get burned out per se. It's really your adrenals are having to work overtime based on your hypothalamic pituitary axis, right? That connection in the limbic brain that's perceiving stress that then telling your adrenals, hey, we need more cortisol, we need more norepinephrine, we need more adrenaline. That's really the concern is the perceived stress and those chronic cortisol levels. It's not that our adrenals are fatigued. They may be working more, but it's really just this perceived overall exhaustion that our bodies are experiencing. Really, our mitochondria is taking a big hit more than anything else. And so when our adrenals are constantly plagued by perceived stressors in our environment, they cause clearly unrelenting levels of cortisol or epinephrine in our bodies that really create a domino effect and ultimately create a lot of the issues, right? So our body's perceived state of danger is really throwing us into full-fledged fight-or-flight mode. And really what that means is we're in sympathetic nervous system mode. It's an autonomic system where we are ready to either battle it out or run like the Dickens, right? To run away from whatever the situation is. And so often, you know, back in the day, When we were fighting tigers and lions and bears, if if that ever was the case, it made sense. We we would go into the survival mechanism. Our cortisol levels would tell the blood to go into very specific muscles, like the heart and our and our muscles, like our leg muscles, our back muscles, whatever it required for us to run. But now today, it's not the case, right? Anything can kind of set us off into a, a chronic stress situation. Like we forgot our project at work, or maybe we didn't send the PowerPoint on time, or we forgot our kids' lunch, or we, we didn't turn the lights off, whatever it may be, you got this crazy text that kind of sent you into a spiral, you know, and so we, we find ourselves in a situation where we have more levels of stress just due to everyday issues that we're dealing with, kind of man-made issues, fast paced life issues these chronic levels really cause our body to be in this heightened survival state that really wears us down over time and when our cortisol levels remain high our emotional reasoning makes us panic and even the smallest things can absolutely set us off so the real question that i want to be asking is one does coffee cause adrenal fatigue no It's chronic stress that causes adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue or exhaustion or overwhelm. That's what's doing it. Does coffee exacerbate the effects of caffeine? Well, not really exactly. And does coffee add to the chronic stress issue in a survival-driven person? Well yes, I think it does, but not necessarily for everyone. Again, if indeed you're in constant chronic fatigue mode and constant chronic stress mode and you're drinking caffeine, and it could be it doesn't have to be coffee, it could be any kind of caffeine, if you're drinking that to really give you that advantage and to keep you going, then we have a situation on our hands where you're now kind of feeding that chronic fatigue beast. You're not solving the problem. You're not getting to the root cause of it. You're really just band-aiding it with more caffeine so you can crawl through the day. So I know this is a little bit confusing, but really the reason behind these assertions lies in the simple fact that individually we are different. We have different makeup. I have an amazing chiropractor in the Bay Area, Dr. Chloe Lau. She is a ninja. And I'll be honest with you, you know, she works on me. I don't live in the Bay Area anymore, but when I go up there, I I do get worked on. But back in the day, when I lived there, she would work on me practically every week, and I always had tension. I had tension in my neck, I had tension in my shoulders, and I have to work really hard to not get into a stress mode. You know, there's multiple projects. I've got a lot of plates in the air that I'm trying to juggle and you know when she works on me it's there's a lot of tightness she's always working out the kinks working out the tightness working out all the kind of the yuckiness that's going on inside of my muscles and one of the things that she had brought to my attention and I hadn't really thought about that but she's like there are people who come into my office who literally have no tension in their muscles no tension in their shoulders no tension in their arms they're just loosey-goosey and I just looked at her like really like I don't I don't believe that and these, these particular people have found a way to just mitigate through life, no stress, they've just, they've dialed in, right? They must just be meditating multiple hours a day. But it was really interesting to me to have her tell me the story about, you know, she can tell the people who are tighter, probably dealing with a little bit more or managing it a little bit differently. And everybody's a little bit different in how their bodies are functioning, how they're carrying tension, how they're carrying stress. And that reminded me so much of this particular conversation here, which that coffee affects people differently. And I'm sure you've personally noticed how a single cup of coffee can make one person super amped with energy to the point of jitters while another person can drink a cup of coffee and still seem like they could fall asleep at any given moment, right? Or a lot of people know their bodies well enough. So in general, what we know is caffeine prevents the neurotransmitter adenosine from telling your body that you're tired, but your brain also has the ability to anticipate when these effects are coming. So simple science based on the Pavlonian response, right? The Pavlonian experiment was when Pavlov took these dogs and even just with the bell, the dogs started to salivate because they knew their food was coming. And so it's kind of that there's a Pavlonian response that we can create. So if you're a habitual drinker, particularly a coffee drinker, supplying your body with the smooth roasted goodness of coffee, the same time each and every day, your body knows it's coming and prepares to counteract the effects. Even the smell of coffee or the sound of the coffee maker can trigger the body's regulating response. I know for me, when I hear the coffee grinder go off, because yeah, we grind our coffee beans every single day. I mean, it's a very manual experience that Alex is doing and I can hear all of it. I can hear the espresso doing its thing. I can hear the coffee grinder going off. I can hear the the almond milk getting frothed and, you know, your body recognizes that that's about to go down and it gets prepared for that. Like, oh, I'm getting coffee soon getting my body ready for that. So even the smell of coffee or the sound of coffee can trigger the body's regulating response. Now this particular conditioning happens with many things in our lives as well as our bodies becoming used to routines and rituals and why these can be incredibly beneficial in regulating your body's natural responses to help lower stress levels or prepare your mind and body for sleep. It can also potentially be detrimental when dealing with harmful substances such as drugs and alcohol. That said, habitual coffee drinkers seem to experience less of a response from the caffeine than those who don't consume it regularly because their bodies just haven't necessarily adjusted. I mean, you think about countries like France and Italy. We went to Italy for a month last year, and oh my gosh, so magical, but one of my favorite things about going to Italy is that we are all about the Italian lifestyle. So we are drinking our cappuccinos or espressos or macchiatos or whatever it is that we're drinking there in the morning. And it's such a great experience. We just love it. And it's very much actually one of the first times that I had come back to drinking coffee was when we went to Italy for our honeymoon, I want to say in two thousand and 15. It was kind of a delayed honeymoon. We got married in 2014 and I hadn't been drinking coffee for that time. Um I had given it up. I if I want to say for since before the wedding. So it must have been about 8 months I had not drank coffee and I even debated when we went to Italy if I was going to do it. And we were in Italy for 3 weeks, I want to say at that time, and as you can tell, I really love Italy. I've been there I think 5 times total and I'm excited to go back again next year. Anyway, I digress. So I had not had coffee, and my husband, we weren't making coffee in the house, so we didn't have an espresso machine at the time, and he was drinking it, but not consistently because we weren't making it in the house. But we went to Italy, and oh my goodness, we fell into that lifestyle so quickly. We were, we enjoyed our cappuccinos every single day. Coffee came back into my life, and one of the really interesting things about that, and it could have been because we were on vacation, it could have been because... I don't know. I was not as stressed as I had used to have been. I don't know what the deal was, but we started drinking coffee there and I just, it did not have a really big effect on me. I wasn't jittery. I wasn't super high energy. I wasn't crazy amped up. I really had this really enjoyable experience. I love the taste of coffee. I love the joy of drinking it in Italy and we just continued it. Honestly, I think that since 2015, I've been drinking coffee pretty regularly because of that trip and... um <laughs> And it really just hasn't been a big issue at all, not like it was once upon a time. So I just wanted to just share that story with you. Now, with that said, coffee may not affect your cortisol levels, but caffeine certainly does. But that sensitivity really depends on the person, their chemical makeup, their age, their metabolic rate, how often they consume coffee, how, this most importantly, how stressed they are to begin with when they consume coffee, and then... Also, when they're consuming coffee in other sources, right? So are they drinking it in matcha as well? Are they drinking it in energy drinks? Where else are they getting that caffeine? Because that can absolutely throw things off as well. Then also how balanced their diet is. If they're getting enough sleep, what medications are they taking? The list goes on and on and on. So you can see there's a lot of factors that play a role in what is going on. Even the type of bean or roast of your coffee affects caffeine levels. I know right now, I think, I've seen Starbucks really advertise their blonde coffee and I had no idea that blonde beans were more caffeinated and actually a dark roast isn't as caffeinated. These were really just learning these things over this last year it was interesting to find out what has more caffeine, what roast, what bean has more caffeine than others. But back to just understanding that you don't have to go into all the nitty gritty of understanding your roast, just really paying attention to what your body's doing. We know that individual genetic makeup can dictate the response that coffee may have on your system and how you metabolize it, but caffeine will generally increase blood pressure, which may cause an issue if you already have a heart condition or could exacerbate cardiovascular disorders. Now, I have a good friend who did genetic testing a couple years ago because she had noticed that coffee actually made her angrier, and there are definitely a lot of people who recognize some very negative effects when they drink caffeine, no matter what, and and, you know, coffee does have a certain amount of caffeine in it. depending on the roast you use or depending on what you're making. I mean, you clearly make a diluted cup of coffee or a decaffeinated cup of coffee. But basically, she had realized that coffee not only made her anxious, it made her kind of an angry person and not really a joy to be around. So she had given it up. And at the time when I had met her, I was just finishing up my book on matcha, which we'll get into in just a moment. And matcha has significantly less caffeine but the way that it works is it's released slowly over time not as quickly as caffeine and coffee is so i was talking to her about that and all the amazing benefits and now She can actually drink matcha green tea. She still can't drink coffee, but she can do the caffeine in matcha because of the way that it is released in the body over time. So very different kind of caffeine experience, basically. So things to be considering, like where are you getting your caffeine from? How are you getting it from? And are they coming from multiple sources? Now, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, coffee by itself has been shown to have amazing health benefits, such as lowering the risk of cardiovascular disease, risk of cancers, reduced risk of, of depression and anxiety, and also lowers your chance of developing brain-related diseases such as Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, consumed in lower doses, it can give your body an extra energy boost, maybe give you motivation without the side effects of maybe headaches or insomnia, whatever may be going on with you, the jitters, anxiousness, whatever that may be. The problem comes when you are already chronically stressed. This is really the issue. When you're chronically stressed and you add highly caffeinated coffee to the mix, for most people, this only adds to your elevated cortisol levels but it doesn't do this for everybody as we discussed before. So suggested caffeine consumption per day really should be around 300 to 400 milligrams or about three to four cups max. But if you're in the group of people who don't tolerate coffee consumption at all, I recommend not drinking, clearly not drinking that much coffee per day or really consider switching to decaf because that's gonna really help decrease those jitters decrease. So if you love the taste of coffee, but you know that your body reacts in a really negative way or you're feeling super stressed, you're super burned out, then I want to recommend trying a decaf coffee instead. Or even, I mean, I know that you're not going to want to hear this, but even consider breaking up with coffee for three months as you reset your cortisol levels and then maybe bring back decaf coffee. That may be a great way. And that was some. That was what I had to do for me. I had to break up with coffee for a while. And then when I felt like I had got myself back on track, had lowered my cortisol levels, was not experiencing as much stress and really had created some self-care rituals and self-care habits to take care of myself, I then felt like it was okay to bring coffee back in. And again, I brought coffee back in when I was on vacation. I was very, very relaxed at that time and felt like that was if there was going to be a time to do it, that was going to be the time to do it. And I have no qualms with breaking up with coffee again if I find myself kind of falling into that chronic stress tailspin if my life is just feeling like it's just too much at the time. That would be one of the self-care changes that I would make. It's like, okay, well, looks like coffee is going to have to be diminished. Now, other things that you can think of is drinking tea, and we'll talk a little bit about my favorite tea in just a second, which is matcha green tea. But before that, even drinking water infusions with citrus and mint will give your body a natural boost of energy without any harmful side effects. There's a lot of ways that you can give yourself a little energy boost without the caffeinated side effect that could be causing, you know, a severe increase in cortisol levels. My favorite tea of choice is going to be matcha green tea just a little bit about matcha. It's made from the entire leaf rather than just the herbs brewed in water. It's easily added to green smoothies. It contains a high level of antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, amino acids. It's also great, has a healthy caffeine levels. Like I mentioned before, it's released over time with those antioxidants. They're called catechins. And additionally. Matcha contains L-theanine, which helps to reduce stress levels in the body while boosting memory and concentration. So if you are interested in adding matcha green tea to your regimen, goodness knows you may have already done it. Matcha tea is so popular right now. It's practically in every coffee and tea shop. You can buy matcha pretty much everywhere. But I want to invite you to check out my book. So I wrote a book on matcha a couple years ago, I want to say in 2015 or 16, called The Matcha Miracle, and I will include the Amazon link in the show notes along with my favorite matcha brand. So yes, I do have a favorite matcha brand. I use it multiple times a week. I put it in my green smoothie. I make my own matcha lattes, especially in the afternoon. If I do want a little something, I really can't tolerate coffee after 12 p.m., I've noticed that about myself is that it doesn't work for me. So instead I will make a matcha latte and I have, the most amazing matcha latte recipe, almond milk matcha latte recipe, in the Matcha Miracle book. But my favorite brand that I use multiple times a week is called Yujito Matcha. And Yujito, it's a family-ran matcha company in the matcha area of Japan. They've been making matcha for over 100 years, I think about 200 years, because matcha has been around for about 1,000 years now. And I just really love it. It's a very high quality, and I'll link to that as well inside of the show notes. Now the truth about coffee and adrenal fatigue is that it really depends on the person. That is the nuts and bolts of this conversation today and hopefully that's good news to you. So I want you to just take a moment and be sure to listen to your body and see what it's telling you. This is the most important step here is really becoming self-aware of what your body needs It could be that you really are consuming too much coffee. It could be that it's causing jitters and anxiousness in you or amping you up a little too much. And then it's time to really curtail that and make some changes, either less coffee, maybe coffee only in the morning. Maybe you break up with coffee altogether for 30 days and just kind of reset the system and then bring in, you know, a much more diluted coffee or decaffeinated coffee Maybe you switch over to matcha green tea for a month. You know, there's just so many ways that you can kind of play with this to figure out what level of caffeine really works for you or if you need to make some changes just for yourself personally so that you can tolerate coffee again. And so for me, I know, like I mentioned before, I can do one shot of espresso in the morning in my cappuccino and then I don't drink coffee past 12 p.m. because I just have noticed that it just doesn't make me feel good and I feel jittery. I'm not as on point. When I'm having conversations, I just, I notice a big shift. And for me, I really want to show up as my best. And I just don't like that feeling. It doesn't make me feel good. And so when I know that something isn't going to serve me, it's time to break up with it. At least in those times of the day. So taking a break of, from coffee or caffeine can be a really great idea, especially when there are other alternatives available, as I mentioned before, but if you're already leading a healthy lifestyle with no major issues, probably coffee is not going to be your downfall. Now that you are, you have a more clear picture and you have a better understanding of coffee and adrenal health, I want to take a moment and address how you can actually improve your energy levels and overcome fatigue naturally. Now, I recognize that you probably showed up for this episode because you wanted to know if coffee was really causing your fatigue or maybe you were praying that I was gonna tell you that it wasn't, right? And I kind of did that a little bit, you know, that it's a little bit more complicated than just saying, hey, coffee's bad, don't drink it anymore. I am not making that statement. I am saying, hey, pay attention to your body, see what's going on, If you can drink coffee and it doesn't have any profound effect on you, a negative effect on you, then keep doing what you're doing. If you're feeling amazing and it is doing its job, you're having a really good time, it's a part of your morning ritual, then keep at it. I want you to do what you love. I want you to do what fuels your body and makes you feel good. But if you're finding yourself exhausted, wound down, and not knowing what's going on and you're literally drinking coffee so that you could crawl through your day, It's time to reevaluate what's going on because it's probably not your best friend. It's more, unfortunately, contributing to a lot of that fatigue that you're experiencing. It's time to get those mitochondria back in shape and really give yourself a moment to reset. So that's what I want to talk about is I want to talk about some key remedies that actually can help you begin to implement that healing process from your body feeling fatigued and burned out to having more energy and feeling like you're, you're functioning again, feeling like your body's working again for you. So first and foremost, I just want to lay the groundwork, and I, I lay the groundwork all the time here, that food is foundational, right? Nutrition. Food is fuel. Food is information. We want to make sure that we're fueling the body. It's how we feed our mitochondria. It's how we feed our cells. So making sure that you're eating a lot of plants, a lot of good healthy fats, gut supporting foods and clean lean proteins are absolutely critical. And I want to talk a little bit about key supplements that can also help to expedite that healing process. And you should know personally. I know my body very well, and supplementation is such an important part of it, particularly supplementation that really helps with those stress levels, helping to keep my energy up, helping to make sure that my mitochondria are functioning. So I'm going to be talking about supplements that I personally take every single day that I have seen to be a massive needle mover for women, particularly around adrenal health particularly around chronic fatigue and chronic exhaustion. So these particular supplements offer a healthy option for dealing with all types of adrenal issues, low iron deficiency, low energy levels, and other conditions that may have arisen because of a fast-paced lifestyle, right? I think about that quintessential rushing woman syndrome, which I have personally suffered from for years in the past. And these are a lot of the supplements that I use every day so I don't find myself back in that situation. Now, first is going to be omega-3 fatty acids. And what I love about omegas, and a lot of you guys, I know you know about these, is that they're great for not only improving cellular health, decreasing inflammation, but also promoting amazing nerve function, cognitive function. They're great for your heart function and also for supporting healthy cell development. So omega-3 fatty acids, just make sure that you're getting a good omega-3. There's a lot of omegas out there that are just not not high quality, I like Nordic Naturals. I use my Omegas from doTERRA personally because they make a really great Omega, so that's where I get my Omegas. Next, the next supplement, because I'm just focusing on three supplements for you today, I don't want to overwhelm you. The next supplement is rhodiola. Now, rhodiola, I recommend for women with hormone imbalance all the time, and it's a natural marvel. It comes from Russia, Sweden, and Scandinavian countries, where it's been used for centuries to combat stress levels. You know, multiple studies have concluded that rhodiola is a great remedy for memory problems brain fog, fatigue, poor attention span and increased energy. So I love rhodiola. And I take it every single day. Next is ashwagandha. Now ashwagandha and rhodiola are both adaptogenic herbs, so they're they're working with the body in a really adaptive way. Ashwagandha has been my saving grace when it comes to Just helping with stress levels, helping to cope with lowering cortisol levels. I also love it because it increases mental function. It has been used for fertility concerns for both men and women. It also has a long history of improving everything from arthritis to insomnia to asthma. I mean, name it. This is like a wonder herb. So I do recommend ashwagandha. 300 milligrams of ashwagandha a day. I think I take 500 milligrams of rhodiola. But I think you're safe taking anywhere between 250 to 500 milligrams of each of these every day. So I take a supplement of each of those. And then I do, I want to say, 2,000 milligrams of omegas every single day as well. If you guys were just wondering what I'm doing. And I've already taken my supplements today. So I always take them with my green smoothie. A little bit about what I take. So I take ashwagandha. I take rhodiola. I take a multivitamin. I take an omega. I take vitamin D because it's so important that we're getting vitamin D. I usually take magnesium during the day as well, but it is in my multivitamin. And then, depending on what's going on with my hormones, sometimes I take chase berry, sometimes I don't. just really depends on where I'm at. But those are really my big staples. So my adaptogenic herbs to support my adrenals and support my body as a whole, support cognitive function, and then I'm making sure that I'm taking my multivitamin, my omegas, and then I also take an antioxidant blend as well with grapeseed extract, turmeric, Matcha green tea extract there's a lot of things that I take in this little antioxidant blend as well. I can't remember all the ingredients of that, but I always like to make sure that I'm getting a lot of good antioxidants inside of the system. Okay, so that was number one. Really great way for helping to turn things around on a cellular level. Number two is self-awareness. And I know that this has come up a lot throughout the conversation today, but it's come up so much because it is so critical. This is it. You know, I talk about this in episode number two. I believe the solution to radical self-healing, the unexpected solution to radical self-healing. As you can see, I'm not looking at my podcast notes right now. And I believe this was episode number two. And the big unexpected solution was self-awareness. The power of self-awareness is easy to overlook, but it's the most important step to reducing cortisol levels in the body. This is literally the thing that keeps me from going into chronic stress mode It tells me when to use my oils. It tells me when to take a break. It tells me when to go outside. It tells me when to do self-care. It tells me when like maybe this is the month to kind of take time off, right? So that first step to addressing chronic stress is really recognizing when you're triggered and creating habits to lessen those triggers. Becoming more self-aware of stressful triggers really involves increasing your ability to recognize your strengths and weaknesses along with knowing which external factors create stress. This is really becoming mindful about your day. So is it weekly work deadlines, or having a conversation with a certain family member that triggers you. You know, when you become aware of your environmental stress triggers, you can then make a healthy decision for supporting your body or changing those circumstances. And honestly, your thoughts about life And your belief system is so critical here in how that you adapt to stressful situations. These are the types of things that you're going to, you know, when you ask yourself, well, how is coffee having an effect with me? Or how is caffeine having an effect with me? really just being mindful of those shifts, well, you could even be saying, well, what is this daily activity doing to me? Or what is this disempowering ritual doing to me? Then you can begin to choose, choose into the things that really serve your body and bring you joy and choose out of the things that are just not serving you at all. You know, and that really plays into that belief that you deserve to really live this happy, healthy, energetic life. Well, then you get to choose in and out of the things that are either bringing you those things, bringing you that joy, that happiness, that vitality, or the things that are zapping your energy, right? Those those things have got to go. Those people have got to go. So you're going to find that you're going to be able to mitigate and manage your stress levels so much better and reduce them significantly by just becoming more self-aware and having a healthy plan in place. And that's so much of what this podcast is about, is how do you become the CEO of your health? How do you become, you take ownership of your health and wellness, and it's really about taking ownership of those choices and getting really clear about what serves and what doesn't and making space for what makes you feel good and literally kicking to the curb what is not serving you because you get to do that. That way you continue to show up the way that you want. That way you continue to do the life that you love Do the work that you love, right? When we're in a state of happiness, when we're in a state of high energy, man, we're just better people overall. There's nothing to feel guilt or shame or anything around that. Choosing into what works for you so that you can still serve the people that you love and want to take care of. I mean, To me, that is the most selfless act you could possibly do for yourself and for the people around you. Last but not least, you guys know how much I love essential oils, and essential oils play a major role in supporting mood and reducing occasional stress or even chronic stress. Researchers have shown for many years that aromatherapy can work wonders. I mean, I have a whole chapter in the Smart Moms Guide to Essential Oil books on the power of aromatherapy, and I'm not going to get into that today because I'm going to be tackling that in other episodes, but really, different aromas can significantly improve our mental clarity, our mood, our stress levels. And what's so great about it is that many believe that oils are ultimately the gift from nature because they have this amazing ability to affect our feelings of well-being. Essential oils are literally what you can use to create emotional stability, emotional happiness, emotional calming, whatever it is that you're looking for there. I use oils, I choose into my mood with essential oils every single day. They're like my partners in crime when it comes to choosing my mood. So if I wanna feel more energized, more elevated, I'm gonna choose oils that are that way, right? Oils with monoterpenes, citrus oils, mints, those are really energizing and just feel great. I actually have one of my favorite citrus oils on right now, Wild Orange. Oh my gosh, it is the oil that just transforms me. I cannot be mad with that oil. I cannot be sad with that oil. That oil has this profound effect on my neurochemistry and on my emotional well-being. So just note that when you're breathing these oils in, you can literally turn stress around within about 60 seconds. That's how quickly, especially when you pair it with deep breathing, just kind of pause breathing Wow, what an experience that that can bring to you. You can experience peaceful feelings of calmness, security, literally within moments. So what I want you to do is just try a combination of oils. Some of my favorites are lavender, bergamot, clary sage, frankincense. Lavender and bergamot is literally my stress reset combo lavender is not only calming it's just it's emotionally therapeutic and then bergamot is known as the oil of self-love and self-acceptance and so I just have that little duo made up in a roller bottle blend a 10 mil roller it is 20 drops of each of those oils in a 10 mil roller I top it off with a fraction of coconut oil I roll them over my wrist I roll them on my palms I take deep deep belly breaths so I'm just gonna grab my oil real quick I'm just gonna grab that blend and it just smells so divine I'm just gonna Oh, it's so good. So I'm just going to roll it over my palms. That's what's so great about a roller. It's super easy to do this. Put the oil down, rub my palms together, and just take... I'm going to take two deep belly breaths for you guys. Here we go. I'm going to hold it for three seconds. One, two, three. Do it again. One, two, three just smells so divine. Ooh, I love it. And it just immediately sets me into a much more calming state. I was getting pretty amped up talking about essential oils and my favorite remedies around a chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue and Now I'm feeling so much calmer. What I did want to share is I want to do a share my adrenal love blend. It's actually in the Smart Moms Guide to Essential Oil book in my hormone chapter, which is chapter nine. This Adrenal Love Blend, I had particularly made it for myself many, many years ago when I was dealing with my own adrenal issues or my own chronic stress issues. So it's a 10 mil roller, super easy to find on Amazon, they're everywhere. And it's eight drops of geranium, because geranium is amazing. It's like the super woman essential oil. That oil is amazing for stress, emotions, libido, hormones. It's great for skin care. It's also great for endocrine stability, endocrine balance, so it's great for the adrenals. Rosemary, wonderful for brain fog, focus, concentration. It's great for immune system, but it's also great for your liver and for your adrenals. Clove oil is a very powerful antioxidant, so seven drops of rosemary five drops of clove and then two drops of peppermint oil just to give it that little boost and plus peppermint oil is a natural astringent so it actually drives the oils deeper into the tissue now what i like to do is you're just going to put all of those oils so again eight drops of geranium seven drops of rosemary five drops of clove oil and two drops of peppermint and you can omit peppermint totally up to you but i really do like that little bit of peppermint in there Place all of the oils, all the drops into the 10 ml roller bottle and then top it off with your carrier of choice. So fractionated coconut oil, almond oil, grapeseed oil, avocado oil, really honestly whatever you prefer. I use fractionated coconut oil because I just love, I love the feel of it. I love the way it it goes onto my skin and fractionated coconut oil has a lot of other health benefits as well that I like to take advantage of. So you're going to roll this blend over your kidneys located in the lower spine so it's right around and you can pretty much reach it it's it's right around l4 so kind of where that lower spot of your spine is so it's just because you know your adrenal glands are sitting right on top of your kidneys or on the bottom of your feet you can do it there as well or you can do it on your hands too so totally up to you what serves you or if you can have someone put it on your spine that's even better so those are just a good places to put it but bottom of the feet super easy to do that's where I would put it if you can't reach your, your adrenals. Now the reason why I love this is geranium and rosemary lessen stress and overwhelm. Clove contains powerful antioxidants and peppermint is wonderfully stimulating and invigorating. So this blend is supposed to promote healthy adrenal support. And then last but not least, I want to finally recommend yoga and meditation. So you know we all have the same 24 hours in the day to work, eat, sleep live our lives, play, all of that. But many of us purposely take out 15 minutes of our day each day to get centered with yoga and meditation. Well, Not as many of us are doing that, but there are a lot of people who are. And what we find is that, my gosh, these two things are such a great tool for keeping our mind centered, for reducing stress levels, for being present and really getting into that. I had my good friend, Emily Fletcher, was literally just on the podcast episode. Let me just pull it up really quickly. She was episode 20, and she talks about how stress makes us stupid, how it puts us into panic mode. and It's really difficult to focus when we're stressed out. So her amazing Stress Solution podcast episode, episode number 20, talks about how we can leverage the use of meditation to become more productive, to become more energized, to really become the rock stars we want to become. And I loved that take on it. So I just wanted to, if you wanted to go back and listen to a deeper episode on that, that's episode number 20. Now, in order to get started, what I love is you can just turn on a favorite song that has a soothing melody, close your eyes, take some deep breaths, try a few stretches to warm up your muscles, and then you can continue with several simple yoga exercises. This is just to keep you present, to keep your mind clear. You know, Don't think about the problems at work or at home. Don't think about the bills or the relationship issues. Just clear your mind and just kind of take a moment to just be present, listen to your body, listen to your breaths, and kind of get into that meditative state. And you can also, again, you can also bring in essential oils to this. I always use oils during my yoga practice or during meditation practice just to kind of give it that extra experience, that extra aromatic experience where it really is tuning into the limbic brain and kind of shutting down a lot of that, those kind of stress, those worries, those concerns. So I wanted to just share that with you. And offer that as another option too to kind of get your body focused and to really recharge and rejuvenate your body. So again, those four things are supplementing, using essential oils, powerful nutrition, becoming more self-aware, and then utilizing things like yoga and meditation to just getting your body right. And then if indeed you really are finding that you're having issues around drinking caffeine, in the form of coffee or whatever it may be, it just may be a time to give yourself a break. Even if it's seven days, 14 days, I do want to recommend 30 days because that that can definitely be the game change where you really give your body and your adrenals that opportunity to reset your cortisol levels. So I hope that after today's episode, you really take a moment and give yourself permission to put yourself first so that you can continue to do the good work that you are put on this earth to do because I know that it has made all the difference for me. Now, if you're ready to truly get started and you're concerned about how you get more energy into your life, I have created the perfect Master Your Energy Guide that includes 10 instant ways to increase your energy levels along with my favorite recipes. And I will definitely be linking to my Master Your Energy Guide in the show notes. This is episode number 25, so you'll just go to drmarisa.com, dot com slash episode 25, And that's on my website, or you can just grab it on the show notes. Totally up to you. And then really quickly, I want to just tell you who is coming up next. I have a really amazing guest that I'm bringing on, Dr. Evan Brand. He is literally one of my favorite functional practitioners. And we're going to be digging deep into Candida, gut health, and why we are so toxic today. I know, we're going to go from a really fun episode to a little bit of doom and gloom, but he makes it so much fun. Now, he is also hosting an amazing summit this month, the Candida Summit. And I am excited to be a featured guest. So I'm really excited. We did a wonderful interview several months ago and it's gonna go live this month. I wanna offer you the opportunity to check out the Candida Summit. If indeed you wanna work on your gut health, or you're concerned that you may have some gut bugs, or you have a friend or family member who you know would benefit from understanding gut health a little bit more, this summit is literally the best experts when it comes to the microbiome and your gut. So again, registering for the candida summit is totally free and even if you just catch a couple of those interviews i promise it's going to really shape the way that you you treat your digestive system and really help you create a plan to heal your gut so i will be sharing that also in the show notes you can grab the registration link for the candida summit in the show notes today so that you can register for that and that way you don't miss it and then we'll be talking all about it in the next episode. And then last but not least, I just, you know, I love hearing from you and love to know what you're thinking about the podcast. Clearly, I got some really great advice from friends listening to the podcast, and I'm so grateful for that because I'm hoping to continue to make it better and more nourishing for you as you are paving this journey into becoming a CEO of your own health. So I'm excited for you to share it with other people or even just rate and review on iTunes. That would be amazing. And until I see you next week with Evan Brand, I hope that you're having a wonderful, wonderful day.